0: Welcome to the Break Plateau Show, where the life experience of others helps you break plateaus in your health, wealth, and relationships. Here's your host, Ty. Alright, alright. Welcome back to the Break Plateaus Show. And I'm absolutely stoked for today's guest, Bretto. Welcome to the
1: show, man. Thanks, Legend. I'm super grateful to be here and thanks to all the listeners for taking time out of their day or evening or morning, wherever they are in the world, to, to listen to you and I have a bit of a chat and provide a bit of value. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And and just before we get into it, a bit about you, like I just want to leave it for the listeners like off the get-go. like A lot of my listeners know that I am a coach myself by trade and have been doing that for, for quite some time. But, you know, Bretto's my coach. Or, or has been over the past few months and it's and coaches need coaches. We all do and that's how we grow as individuals. So I'm absolutely yeah really excited to share my experience working with Bretto and you'll you'll just get to listen to the man he, he's amazing. so let, let, let's get a bit of a, a background on you
1: Bretto. let's get some context for the, for the listeners yeah mate uh, how, how far do you want to go back? do you want to know my childhood story or do you want to know my first memory where, where should we start all of this Completely up to you man so what what,
0: what, what, <laughs> what, what got you into you know being the man you are today like how, how, like what's your background in, in you know school and then what did you do first going out of school because I, I don't actually know this myself yet so what what got you into the position of, of being the coach that you are today?
1: I grew up in a small country town in Western New South Wales called Cobar. It's a mining town, five and a half thousand people was the sort of average population that it hovered around. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Our our nearest quote unquote city was Dubbo, which is three hours away and it was around 30,000 people. Uh, So that was our nearest McDonald's. That was our nearest cinema. That was our nearest um, 10 pin bowling, anything like that. We're very, very isolated out, out West. And I went away to boarding school for year seven and eight at uh, Leeton area at Yanko Agricultural High School and it only lasted a couple of years um, where I was actually a real shit of a kid and got asked to leave in year (laughs) eight. So year seven, I won citizen of the year award and then year eight, I don't know whether it was going through puberty or what it was, but it was a real transition in my life and I got suspended five times for, for things that happen outside of school like You know, a food fight in the kitchen or um, fighting with other guys in our year after school hours and being in the girls' dorms and things like that, where, you know, in a normal country town, it's like I would have been hanging out with our chick mates at their house it would have been you know we we were having fights as boys um as you do and so i'm not trying to justify anything i because one of those was was drinking so yes i was definitely um a shit of a kid in that and i got asked to leave and i went back to kobar high school and finished off school there to be honest it was the best thing that ever happened to me because from there there wasn't there's not much uh available at kobar being so isolated and so small except that my grandfather Uh, took me on and I was really good at sport and I was doing a lot of rep footy for rugby league and also with athletics. I was a sprinter and, you know, traveling away to state national championships and I didn't have any coach. There wasn't any coaches in Cobar when I went back there, but my grandfather could see pretty quickly that if he didn't take me under his wing and start coaching me, then the, the shit of a kid stage that I was in could have led to you know, typical what happens in that town. And I say this not from judgment, but is it's a really big drinking town. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of, um, could have beans in, in that town where really talented could have made the NRL could have made the Olympics could have made the Australian cricket team, but pissed it up the wall. There's a lot of could have beans. And my grandfather sort of took me under his wing and started coaching me in in athletics with zero coaching experience he bought books and read books and watched other coaches when we were away and just talked to people and learned and he took me to the athletics track every day after school and or you know i rode my bike there and and he drove me all around the countryside for all of the competitions even the football ones so yeah that that's uh you know sport was a massive part of my life growing up in Cobar and then I had junior NRL contracts um, with a couple of different teams, offers and and signed with Parramatta when I was younger. And then I got to a point where I had to choose between rugby league and athletics because I was doing the rep of both a lot of the time. And I remember at one stage they said to me, the football guys said to me, uh, because I said, I can't go to this, this trial game because I've got state athletics championships. And they said, okay, all right, like we'll put you in the team into this rep team because we know, you know, we've seen you play plenty of times, but it's probably the last time we can do it. At some stage, you're going to have to choose between footy and athletics. And at at that age, I think I was just 16, I thought, oh, I've got to choose. What do you mean? Like, why can't I do both? And it just hit me at that stage of, yeah, right. And then I started to talk to my parents and think about it. And I thought, actually, they're right. Of course, I've got to choose. It took me a while to understand that because my whole life, I just did everything. as you do as a kid right if you want to and so when i had to make that choice i thought how how do i make the choice and my parents are really open and they just said like we're here to support you do you want to do footy we'll support that do you want to do athletics we'll support that
0: Mm.
1: and i had opportunities in both to go to the ais as a sprinter or to follow the nrl path and in my mind as a 16 year old the way that i thought back then and the way that i experienced life was okay I see that when guys go on NRL contracts as young guys, um, they bulk up a lot because they need to and put on a lot of muscle and, and, you know, there's a lot of injury potential injuries associated with a contact sport. So I thought, what if I go to athletics and give that a crack for a few years, get really fast, because then if that doesn't work out and I don't make my dream of making a Commonwealth Games team or an Olympic team in the future then I'll be faster and stronger anyway. And then I could probably transition back across to footy and then they could bolt me up. So I wouldn't lose out. Whereas if the other way, it probably wouldn't be a good transition. That was my mindset anyway. So I went with, yeah. So I went with athletics and uh, did two and a half years full-time as an athlete at the Australian Institute of Sport, 100 and 200 meter sprinting. Whilst I was there, I also studied uh, my advanced diploma in soft tissue therapy, which is full-time. And saw me doing sports massage and injury rehab. And I never went back across to footy. After two and a half years at the AIS, I, I quote unquote took a break. And I had an opportunity to travel with the Australian Paralympic team as their massage therapist to the 2006 uh, World Championships for Athletics. Because I was treating some of the Paralympic athletes at the AIS. And my coach at the time was the head Paralympic coach. Yeah, wow. And that trip allowed me to experience being a staff member in sport whereas i'd always been an athlete and i really enjoyed that side of the fence and then i started to get more and more opportunities as a soft tissue therapist traveling the world with with track and field and then also with wheelchair rugby also known as murderball and the winter snow ski program so i found myself as a therapist traveling the world working with athletes and working beside coaches and really loving that side of things and, and that, that break that I took as a 19-year-old, uh, <laughs> which is very young in, in terms of track and field, it, I never came back to it and I never actually missed the competitive side so much. I, it, so five years later when I went back, I got an opportunity to start coaching as a high-performance coach at the AIS. And that opportunity came about and I ran with it because I realized that I really wanted to, to experience uh coaching and I, I started working alongside coaches i wanted to be a coach and so i took that opportunity i moved from being really good at my career as a soft tissue therapist and you know traveling the world and doing really good and seeing a really good trajectory in that to going back down to the bottom of the ladder as never having coached before and starting as pretty much an apprentice like went back to the IAS on forty thousand dollars a year including um gst so it was pretty much like you know baked beans and toast type move to do that but it was a no-brainer for me because i thought i know that if i put in the time and effort it was a two-year scholarship mm -hmm. at the AIS, and they actually said to me you know athletics in australia there's not many jobs and there's actually not much money for the athletes most people who do it it's for a love And I'd grown up doing it. So I knew track and field. So I got the opportunity to go back and coach Paralympic track and field athletes, even without having a coaching degree, they were going to put me through all of that um, or any coaching certifications. And I still remember the discussion on the phone of uh, with the, the person who employed me at athletics Australia to, to work at the Institute of Sport in Canberra. And he said, look, Brett, uh, you know, we're going to give you the job. We're going to put you through the, the certifications you're going to be working under Irina, who was my coach when i was there as well and the thing is though we don't have a job at the end of this two-year scholarship you know there's not many jobs in athletics in australia but we know that you will become a really good coach you know there's a lot of professional development throughout this two years uh, but we can't guarantee that there's a job there at the end of it so just so you're aware of that and i said thank you. I'm super grateful for this job. I said, don't worry about that. I'll bleed the AIS dry and I will bleed every resource dry that by the time this this scholarship is over in two years, you will create a job for me. And he <laughs> laughed and he said, awesome. Like that's, yeah, that's a well, brilliant yeah. attitude. And I said that not from cockiness. I just said that from confidence of, and just, just passion. Like I want this. I, I, I am going to be the best coach that I can be in two years time based on the resources that are provided for me. I literally will bleed it dry. And I spent, hours you know in the evenings and on the weekends in the library and in my office researching and doing heaps of extra study and traveled around the country and eventually around the world to, to coaches in America just to learn and my coach was the best Paralympic coach in the world so I had her right there and so I literally bred them dry and, and at the end of the two years they created a position for me and it meant I had to 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 relocate to Sydney from Canberra. And I wasn't a fan of that, but I did it once again, because I thought I'm going to be one of the best coaches in the world. That was my goal. I was surrounded by them. And I knew it was time probably a decade or more. It was Mm. effort. It was consistency. um, It was passion. All of those things like that, they're recipes to be uh, the best coaches in the world. I was surrounded by that. I knew that. So I went on that trajectory and yeah, so I, I started doing that and traveling the world and, as a, as a coach again, and, and created um, Paralympic champions. And I had athletes that won Paralympic gold medals and broke Paralympic world records right up until my last day. And I, I actually decided to uh, to finish that job in 2017 and, and move away from that career Uh, in, in that year, I won Paralympic coach of the year. I had Paralympic, uh, champions and world champions, multiple uh, world record holder. Um, sorry, one athlete that broke world, multiple world records. So I finished on a high and it was by choice. Um, and, and I'm happy to dive into that, why that happened. But that was that sort of what launched my career. And from there, that's when I went out on my own. And uh, I had no idea about the online world. And I knew about performance coaching. And I just started my, my own performance coaching company, and just grew. And and one thing that, you know, you started this conversation like that is that coaches always need coaches. And mm. as an athlete, I always had a coach, but then as a coach, I always had a mental coach as well. And I yeah. learned from the best in the world. So then when I stepped down on my own, I hired coaches and I found mentors that were the best in Australia and the best in the world as performance coaches and bled them dry, became yeah. good mates with them, um, you know, studied them and everything like that. So it's. I love that saying that, you know, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants and when you can drop ego and drop comparison and actually just bleed that dry, that saying, then it's it's a no-brainer that if you just keep putting in the time and the effort that the results will come.
0: Yeah, hell yeah, man. And, and, and that comes back to, you know, like picking the right, like who do you want to be like? going and finding those people surrounding yourself with them like whether you have to pay them whether you work for them for free whatever it is if you want to be like that person that that's where it comes to is like I'm going to hire this person or I'm going to go work for this person for free or I'm going to go do something for them so that I can get learnings from them so that I can put that into practice myself like I've always been about that like that's why I've, for me myself like when I first become a PT I was like okay I'm a PT I've got a I've done a couple bodybuilding shows I, I look good but I want to be like educated as well and that's when I started going and learning from Charles Poliquin the Dan Garners Luke McNally when he was you know had his head screwed on at, at that point in time and then like people like Matt Leggy and then I ended up becoming really good friends with a high performance coach at my university when I went there and that's you know it's it's always evolving like you're like oh and then I've got a bit of an interest over here and and you, you, it's just putting more tools in, in, your, in your belt, hey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone ever thinks that they have done with learning, then uh, they're kidding themselves. So, you know, if we ever think, oh, yeah, I've learned from all the best in the world and, you know, I've got it now. It's sweet. I don't need to learn anymore because there's we can never... Stop learning. And that was one Mm. thing that I learned from my coaches, but that they would even I thought, oh, they know everything. You know, they keep producing these world champions and these Paralympic and Olympic champions. They know everything. And even I traveled to America and spent tens of thousands of dollars of my own money and funded everything and took unpaid leave from work to do that to learn from one of the best coaches in the world. And he'd been producing Olympic champions for years and he had his own blueprints and he literally like gave out his blueprints to say yep these are the training blueprints this is how we periodize this is how we structure strength programs this is why, but he still uh, would study and learn and absorb so much around the biochemical processes and neurological processes and everything like that so you know it just became evident to me every time that i would learn from the best and absorb wisdom that they were still absorbing wisdom and learning from who they thought were the best yeah. not from a place of insignificance but from a place of there is always learn there is always more to learn especially when you're talking about with humans so if the more we learn the more we know that we don't know yeah absolutely and with with the human bodies and the human experience
0: a hundred percent. That was like a massive thing for me. Like I was like, okay, cool. I've learned off a heap of great mentors now. I'm going to go ahead and do my uni degree. And then like, I just went so deep in, in my uni degree. I absolutely loved biochemistry. Like I went so deep into that. And that's when I became friends with Mr. Jujali who I ended up just doing, I just hired him for after after university to do one-on-one sessions because I really loved it that much. Like I'd go down and and sit with him for a couple of hours and, and, and pay him a couple hundred bucks an hour just to sit there and, and learn it on a deeper level. But one thing that I, I, I'm sure that you'll agree with this is it's all well and good to gain the knowledge from all of these coaches or mentors or whatever, but... For me, to be a great coach, it is the art of actually getting that knowledge and then putting it into application with the human being that you're working with because it's it's all well and good to have the knowledge, but if you can't put it into practical application for the individual that you're working with, like it's, it's kind of useless, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's that model of learn, do, teach. So I love to learn aspects and philosophies and then put them into practice in my own life most of the time in different kind of ways for whatever i need uh, and then teach it and you know you don't always have to go through that process but in alignment with what you're saying is we can you know you could learn that textbook knowledge of biochemistry and then you've got to if you try and apply that with me and give me that textbook knowledge you might lose me because i Mm. don't have the textbook knowledge that you do However, if you can decipher that textbook knowledge and come to me and just say, hey, Brett, just to eat this instead of this on a consistent basis, like, all right, cool. And then I come back to you a month later, I'm like, holy shit, like, look, I'm feeling so much better and I'm performing so much better. And in your mind, you've got all these calculations going on and all of this stuff happening. But if you gave me all of that, you know, you would have lost me. Yeah. And when I say me, I'm talking about us in general who who don't have as much information as you. So there's one of the things that I learned also from my mentors or one of them in particular. his philosophy was with athletes, they should have a textbook knowledge of their sport. So if we're just turning up as coaches and just saying, just do that, just do it. Don't explain why. Then they're not going to get as much out of it. However, if we turn up as coaches with textbook knowledge and we try and give them textbook knowledge from a textbook standpoint, we're going to lose them. Mm. So he said they've got to have textbook knowledge of their sport without the textbook aspect. Yeah. And meaning, so that's what, what we're saying. So they need to know so much about their sport and how they operate as humans, but without losing it. Yeah. You need to know 100% and they need to know a depth where they can say, so when you give them a message, they're not just like, oh, there's the coach saying that. at the end. They're like, oh yeah, I know exactly why I'm going to do that. Yeah, and so when we look at things in terms of you and I as performance coaches, and for everyone listening, if you ever work with a coach or do a program, or if you're listening to mentors, uh, the the real art is when they can break it down to a point where the the information that has been processed with the um sorry my gorgeous wife has just delivered me a coffee how beautiful is that's that? the guy <laughs> thanks <Perfect>. darling <laughs> the um the sorry i was just a bit lost there thinking about my gorgeous wife my <laughs> beautiful little baby that just stepped in that's that's what i live for um yeah the ability to be able to decipher it so know it learn it and then give it to a level where the learner understands why so I know I got a little bit lost here, but let me explain how I work with, let's just say, so I I don't work as much with athletes anymore. So I've got some of my clients are athletes, but I mostly work with business owners and business leaders uh, in helping them, you know, similar to you, create breakthroughs in their health, wealth and relationships. I know things at a deeper level and how we operate as humans and our thought dynamics and, and mindset and the power of the mind and things from a biochemical level. And then I want, my belief is that when we understand ourselves at a deeper level and we navigate life from that perspective, that's when we make consistent breakthroughs Mm. in our business, in our personal lives, in our health consistently. However, when I'm working with someone, I'm not going to go and give them all of the science and the depth and the the neurophysics and um, the, the quantum physics and everything like that, the neurobiology straight up. I'm going to give them tasks like have a cold shower and breathe evenly and rhythmically. Yeah, and they, you know, they get all of these benefits from it. And in my mind, I'm like, that's because when they're doing the breath holds, they're, you know, they're increasing their carbon dioxide. It goes straight to their heart and their brain. It's increasing this capacity. They're they're creating um, great levels of their um, uh, noradrenaline, and you know, this is what's happening with the dopamine and all this kind of stuff. And whilst I do educate them on that down to a point. At first, I'm not telling them any of that. I'm letting them feel the experience, letting them get over their bullshit stories before they get in the cold shower of, oh, this is really cold. Why should I have to do this? Oh, maybe I'll just do 30 seconds instead of three minutes, blah, blah, blah. All of those bullshit stories that we tell ourselves, you get in there, you do the even rhythmic coherence breathing, you overcome those stories, you get out and you feel like you can dominate the world. Yeah. So that's what I want is for people to be able to and then, you know, going through that and then I'll give them more information about that. And later on in the programs or in our coaching, as you know, like with some of what I went through with you, uh, it's, it's kind of a gradual educational process with a practical element to it as well. So you actually feel the benefits.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah. And th- that brings up a, a- like a a memory from Mickey G, Mr. Jujali, my my uni teacher there, right? So I'll, I'll give a an example for the listeners and those of you who have been to the. Can Gold I just coast. say sorry? I yeah. love
1: that, um, Mr. Jujali gets mickey g that's so australian i love that (laughs) mr jujali we'll just call him mickey g (laughs) mickey g is a bit easier yeah so like
0: for me going into uni it was like straight into biochemistry so i was like damn this is like I, i had the belief in my head from school like I, i never went Well, in chemistry or or biology or anything because I wasn't very engaged at school, you could say, but because I was choosing to do this uni degree, I was like, Okay, I've got I've got to get into this and and luckily for me I did have Mickey G as the teacher. And those of you who are from the Gold Coast or have been to the Gold Coast and have been clubbing, you would know Melbourne's
1: nightclub, right? So Pretty much the way that... <laughs> Even I know Melbourne's nightclub. I went through the, the Gold Coast uh, partying days for a few years actually when I was living there.
0: Well, you've, you've got to if you move there. you <laughs> you got to go for a little bit. But um, yeah, so, so the way that he taught us metabolic pathways was talking to us about the nightclub. You know, when you walk into the front door at the entrance there, that was an enzyme. And then he was talking about the bar, and that was a different enzyme. And then he talked about it. So it was a visual thing of walking into Melba's nightclub. So we walked through that, and we, we, we role-played in and out of the classroom and all that sort of stuff. And then he's like, all right, cool. Now you've got like that visual aspect of you walking through the nightclub. Let's match this up to glycolysis and then like you know i was i was rattling off the whole 26 steps of glycolysis in in you know the first couple of weeks of being at university and it's like without having applicable uh, like having that application of teaching it would have been much harder for me to learn but like that that was bang on for me so um i really get that it, it, it's it's pretty it's a pretty cool process when you can put that into application
1: Yeah. And what he's done there, if you follow Jim Quick's work and his study on the brain and the way that we learn or any memory experts that understand how to memorize is that they do that you create you go through your house and each object has a memory or mm. um, you know shapes and different things like that so he was a really wise uh, lecturer and I wonder you were paying him a couple hundred bucks an hour after after you finish yeah. to, to get more education so he's it's a really good way to remember things and that's also knowing your audience really well too where you guys would have known Melbourne so you yeah. could really put it into context and it makes it brings a bit of fun. To the learning aspect,
0: yeah, hell yeah, I've I've actually done Jim Quick's uh Super Brain course. It, it's it's amazing, and when when I did go through that, I was like, ah, that's what Mickey G was doing, <laughs> like with, with so yeah. You had
1: multiple Melba's nightclub memories when you yeah. did that program. <laughs> yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely, but um, yeah, man, so. One question that I do want to ask you and I'm sure that it's probably burning for a few of the listeners is, you know, we both coach people but what, what are some of the most common things that come up for you? But because like in my practice of coaching, like it's always seems to be similar things like I don't have the time or like all these types of things but for me… What really what it always comes back to is most of the people that I work with they don't have a strong foundation and it's really simple things that make a huge difference like if you can have that consistency there as you were talking about with having that mindset of I'm going to be consistent for 10 years because I'm going to be the best one of the best coaches in the world like you know what I mean like you, you know that compounding effect of being consistent but what what is it that you're seeing in your practice that is um, that's coming up as some of the bigger issues and and what's some tips to overcome that?
1: Brilliant question. And the thing that comes up for me the most when you ask that question is only because you said it with time. So the thing about time is I work a lot with busy entrepreneurs and business owners uh, who are family oriented as well. Mostly work with men, but I also work, I have female one-on-one clients and I'm running a women's only program as well. So, very busy people. And the thing is, with when we're busy, is we don't, we think we don't have time to put ourselves first and invest into ourselves. So, time is definitely a factor. And what I find is that when I can help the guys uh, get over this story that they're telling themselves, that they don't have time to do it. And I get them to commit to the program or to the one-on-one coaching and design everything so it fits into their busy schedules, make them realize that they actually, the only thing that they do have is time. Mm. So what I mean by that is, you know, it's that uh, that same thing. Everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. It's how you choose to utilize them. and. You know, with my coaching, I say to people, if you've got time to scroll through social media, if you've got time to listen to the radio or watch Netflix or listen to a podcast, you've got time to do this work because they're short clips in videos or audio recordings that you can plug in anywhere you go. Uh, and the busy you are, the more you need this. Because what the busyness means when we dig down, okay, too busy for what? Well, I just don't have time to do this. I don't have, like. I don't even have time to see the family. I don't have time to, to put my health first, and I don't have time for this. Okay. So, and this this helps to answer your question around the challenges because one of the the biggest things underlying all of this is uh, the most common thing is people lose. People forget why they do what they do people lose the memory of why they get into business or why they chase certain aspects of their career. Because if you go back to me at the start, when I said, I'm going to bleed the AIS drive for everything you've got, there was so much passion in that there was zero cockiness. It was just confidence because the difference between cockiness and confidence is cockiness is I'll tell you how good I am. Confidence is I'll just go and do the job and the Mm -hmm. results will speak for themselves. And, and that's what I did. I didn't go through saying, I'm, I'm bleeding the earth dry. Look at me. I'm achieving this. I'm doing this. Look at my athletes, blah, blah, blah. I just went and did what had to be done. And I put in the hours and the time and the effort. And, and I knew that, okay, that's, that's a simple recipe. So there's a lot of passion there. And uh, the reason why I wanted to do it was because I wanted to help people improve their lives, like athletes, and especially working with Paralympic athletes. You know, I worked with some guys just lost their legs six months ago. I'm taking them through their rehab process and turning them into athletes or, um, you know, learning difficulties or visually impaired people that are losing their sight or wheelchair athletes that have been able-bodied people and able-bodied athletes and then had a car accident and become disabled and, you know, we've got to transition them into their new stage of life, whatever it might be. So working across those aspects, but when going back to, For everyone listening, if you remember whatever stage of your career or your business you're in, there's a passion that puts you on that trajectory. There's a belief that you can achieve greatness or change and impact either the the planet or someone's life or animals' lives if you're in in that realm. There's an element of impact within all of that. What happens is people get really busy in their business or they're chasing their career and they take so much on. And and let me just say there's zero judgment in all of this. One of the things that I I say to people is I suspend all judgment. I drop all judgment. The only reason that I will explore or speak about things is to help bring out the best of you. So I have zero judgment. This is people I work with. This is stages I've been through. The busyness and the doing, and we start doing all of these things. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. I've got to be on site. You know, I work with a lot of construction owner, um, construction business owners and or you know i have to be there i have to do this work i have to i have to yes i can delegate yes i've got staff but i need to do all of this so the doing 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 and we forget to come back to the being aspect in terms of who are we at our core you know i'm i'm addicted to gratitude and an optimistic lover of life and i operate from that space and and love uh, and, and i'm driven by that and that in the passion for that but when i'm doing so much and i get really busy and i've got a lot on my plate and i build up my own anxiety because i've got to get it all done i can easily shift away from who i am at my best gratitude optimism love um, and sinking into wisdom and that's what happens when people get really busy is they shift away from who they are at their best, at their core, their personal philosophy, whether they've identified it or not. And they forget why they're really doing what they're doing and they're just doing stuff. They forget that element of, I did this because I'm really passionate about it and I want to elevate that gratitude. I want to elevate that optimism. I want to elevate that impact. I want to elevate my health, my wealth, my relationships. That's the reason I want to do this. And they get really busy, and that all gets shadowed. So that's why when I hear people say "time," when they say "I don't have time for that program," I don't have time to invest in a coach, I don't have time for all of that. When as soon as I hear that, that's when I say, when I know, all you do is all you have is time. You've just got to dedicate it differently. And once Mm. they do, you know, some of the guys, um, you know, two businesses, four kids, super busy, working in their business a lot. And you know, hearing the thing of, oh, I really don't have time for this, but there's something within it. And, it's, and just trust me, just trust me, just, just trust me. Let's create that time. And then bang, you hear them talk about my business skyrockets, my, my relationships are better than they've ever been because we help them shift that time. We help them reconnect to who they are at their best which infiltrates and has that ripple effect through their family life, through their business life, with their staff, with their clients, people, you know, the law of attraction is that if you're operating really busy and you're that busy person and that doer and, you know, the fear or the anxiety that comes with all of that, you're going to attract clients that are in that space as well. But when you can operate your businesses and your family life from that place of love and connection and empathy and gratitude and optimism and passion and pride and all of that, then you're going to attract clients in that same capacity. And that's where you all of a sudden you might be busy and there's nothing wrong with being busy, but you're in control of the busyness and it's not in control of you. So that is a huge game changer for people when they can really start to just dedicate their little bits of time. A little bit more aligned. Mm.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, well, I'll put my hand up straight away. Remember when I first started speaking to you? <laughs> where was I? I didn't. I didn't know where my <laughs> best self was. <laughs> like it was just. Yeah. Just. Just for the listeners, when I, when I first reached out to to Breto, um, I haven't shared a lot about yeah my experience with marketers and all that sort of stuff, but. When I became, you know, started to become pretty successful as a PT, I decided to spend money on a marketer and and get a website built, all this sort of stuff. Long story short, I went through four different people and spent $23,000, just shy of $24,000 on marketing and and whatnot. And that all ended up, you know, giving me no return on investment. (laughs) So that was, what, eight or nine years ago and I decided that, you know, this people are useless and... But I just didn't come across the right people and this was my headspace at the time. So I'll figure this out on myself. So I was doing the coaching, like doing about 50, 60 hours of coaching a week, PTs and consults and then doing everyone's programs on top of that, plus figuring out how to do all the marketing stuff. So fast forward to now and just before I met you, Bredo, like I just quit because I went back out to FIFO work for a little bit when I moved back from Bali and then I'd quit that and I was like, you know what, I want to be a coach again and then I also decided to launch a marketing agency at the same time because it was in, in a bit of demand. And I kind of really lost myself because I was so busy building everyone else's businesses on a marketing front that I didn't know what my purpose for that was. My only purpose for doing the marketing agency at that point in time was to get myself away from the rigs because I knew that that was in such high demand. And when I first like became you know in contact with you you were like well what do you actually want to do and i didn't say anything about the marketing side of things at all did i and um, yeah it's it's been a bit of a transition now and then i was like oh but i've put so much work into this marketing agency I, I don't want to let it go and then you're like well what what's holding you back from you know delegating that a bit and yeah since working with you like i got the first va when after our, our first session and now i've got a full fulfillment team in place whereas i can you know, help out coaches and consultants, bring them on, put the system in place with them and I'm excited about that and then I have my fulfillment team, you know, take care of that so I can focus on my coaching again. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of an amazing process.
1: And that in listening to you talk about that again, and, and this is what I loved about working with you, it was, you know, you're an action taker. And w- to be honest, I only work with action takers I can pick up pretty quickly in our um, application calls, whether people are action takers or not. But what you said there was, you know, you'd lost yourself and you the reason you created your why behind that marketing agency, you said one, there's a need for it, but two, you knew that you could help people and coaches. Mm-hmm. And like, there was, you know, there was a good purpose behind that. However, when I said to you, there's no limitations here. What, what do you actually want to do? You didn't mention any of that. So it became really clear that that part of what you're doing is actually detracting you from living your best life, from showing up consistently as your best self and living your best life. Doesn't mean I'm always traveling. I'm always adventuring. Yeah, I'm always yeah. on holiday, whatever it means. It means the ability to show up as who we are, at your ability to be grateful, optimistic, happy, joyful, content, passionate, all of those empowering conditions consistently because we don't have that. All of that isn't available to us just on the weekends when we're not working. Bullshit. It's available to us as soon as we open our eyes and we anchor into our blueprint and with every choice that we make, even in our busyness, even with pandemics or screaming kids or business demands, everything, we can still show up as our genuine best self in that way but you were clouded by that busyness that you took on for a good reason. Mm. So that's why I say there's zero judgment about it. We generally take on these extra businesses or extra roles or extra jobs in the thought that, well, that will generate more income, which will create me freedom or that will help my staff and give them more work, uh, which is really good. But then, you know, it creates all of this other stuff. So when we look at and what you were saying there, and this is what everyone uh, experienced, sorry, not everyone. This is what most people experience is high levels of stress and often burnout. Yep. And so stress starts to manifest itself in relationship conflict with your partner, less time with your loved ones, uh, health issues. So God, the amount of people that I've worked with that have hit autoimmune diseases um, and then reverse them through natural ways a uh, whole different conversation itself, but, you know, it doesn't have to get to that point, but there's, you know, there's burnouts, there's illnesses, there's, I've got the flu, uh, these kind of things. Health is generally the the deteriorating factor. Um, one of my clients, bone cancer, it manifested in bone cancer. And we got him through that naturally and he's reversed that and everything, but there's different ways that it manifests. So when I say to guys, I say guys, when I say to everyone, why are you doing what you're doing? Because at the moment, what you're experiencing is a lot of stress. And what stress is doing to you is, it's, uh, it, you know, high levels of stress is impacting your health. It's deteriorating your relationships. It's, for men, it's um, decreasing the amount of testosterone that your body is able to release, which for, for men isn't great. Uh, it's decreasing the amount of oxytocin for everyone. Isn't great. That's our love hormone. That's our cuddle hormone. We want to feel that more, more often. Um, It's, you know, it's impacting us in so many different ways and kind of listing those out. Is that why you're doing what you're doing? Because that's what's happening. So you're doing what you're doing in terms of more business, more roles, more tasks, doing, doing, doing. And here's the byproduct. This is what's happening to you based on what you're doing. Is this why you're doing it? no okay if that's not why let's dive in deep and re-explore why you do what you do well the reason i do it is i actually want you know i want to do it because i want to provide for my family i want more quality time with my family i want to enjoy my hobbies more at the moment i can't because i've got no energy on the weekends or whenever i finally get a chance you know for four weeks a year or whatever it might be um I'm doing what I'm doing to to impact people more whereas I find myself in the office just grinding more whatever it might be so let's look at why you're doing what you're doing and uh, sorry why you know the byproducts that you want from it and let's realign to that and so every day when you open your eyes and through every business decision that you make and every conversation that you have you know that you're moving towards that mm. let's make our decisions around that better version of yourself and these these better byproducts these healthier ones these happier ones because it's only when you start to realign with that that you know that you are in alignment and there's a great book i can't remember the lady but she she spent a lot of time in hospice care and spending you know the last weeks and months with people uh, that knew they were going to pass away and the most common phrase the most common two words at the end of their time was i wish and it was often followed by i wish i spent more time with my family I wish I didn't work so much. I wish I looked after my health better. Those kind of I wishes. So I look at that and I'm going to live till I'm 110 and I'll be running when I'm 110. So I look at my end goal, me personally, and I say, okay, when I'm 110, I'm not saying I wish, I'm saying I'm grateful for. Yeah. And so I reverse engineer that, near, reverse engineer that now and say, okay, so what if I was to die tomorrow? I'm not going to say I wish, I'm going to say I was grateful for and or next week or next year. So that doesn't mean it's that YOLO you only live once go and, you know, live recklessly. It means every day I anchor into my blueprint which is so my my personal philosophy is every day is an opportunity to love deeply, impact significantly, embody wisdom and have fucking fun. Yeah. And so every day I write that down, I think about it, I repeat it and I live it. And so it's, it's really easy for me to make decisions when I have opportunities and I weigh it against that. I weigh it against my top core values. I weigh it against my visions that my gorgeous wife and I consistently set. And if it's, it, it's really easy then to, if I link it to all of that, it becomes either a hell yeah or a hell no, because it's either going to impact against my ph- personal philosophy, my personal values and my vision and other aspects or it's gonna support and enhance that. And I've had some major decisions in my life where I've had to to utilize that. um, Where, you know, when I was coaching and creating Paralympic and uh, champions and uh, I had an opportunity to go across to another sport, they were offering more money, great opportunities nationally and internationally. And it was a really big decision for me to make. And I went through that process and was like, okay, so here's my top core values here's the visions that my gorgeous wife and I have set. So we wanna be able to live anywhere in the world with kids, impact significantly and earn um, you know, really good money to fund our lifestyle, but also to be able to put back into charities and organizations uh, and you know, top core values of health and quality time with family and all of these kind of things. When I looked at the job opportunity, there was a lot of travel. There was a lot of after hours. There was a lot of on call over the weekends for athletes in rehab and things like that in, in this um, sporting code. It became really clear to me that if I took that job, I was clashing with my values and clashing with my vision. It was going to be an amazing opportunity, but it's not the life that I wanted to live. Yeah. I didn't want to be doing that. And I'd been traveling the world so much, you know, as a single person or I had girlfriends over the years, but I didn't have kids and my partner and i at the time who's now my gorgeous wife we didn't have kids when we set these visions but we knew that we wanted to have kids and yes we want to travel the world but we want to take our work with us and we want to be together and connect and adventures and we want our kids to learn the wisdom of the world and you know find their mentors and things like that i don't want to be away for months at a time without my family and then have to come back to them and i have zero judgment you know some of my best friends do that in the mining industry like what you do with fifo or do that still as world's best coaches in different sports i have zero judgment it just became really clear to me that that wasn't the life that I wanted to live. And so talking back to what we were talking about earlier, I looked at my trajectory in the sport, sorry, in the career that I was in and saw that, hang on, that's where I'm going. Even if I say no to this other job in sport, that's where I'm going in the sport that I'm in. As one of the world's best Paralympic coaches, my mentors travel a lot. And we have to do that. And we're working a lot on weekends and after hours. And that's great because our athletes get amazing results. But I just started to think, hang on, these guys are away from their family a lot. Uh. And it starts to impact with my visions and my top core values and my personal philosophy in different ways. And it became really evident that ah, this trajectory that I'm on to be one of the world's best coaches, it's not actually where I want to get to. So, You know, I went through major adversity in my life that really shook me up and changed my perspective of the human experience a bit as well. But so that in in alignment with weighing things up uh, with my values and my personal philosophy allowed me to just say, and that's why I ended up quitting my job. You know, when I won coach of the year, and I gave them three months notice and um, told them that, you know what, I have a deeper purpose and passion to impact the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. And also I know my... um, my, my values and my visions and this job is taking me away from that. So I'm choosing to to finish up with this work that I'm really passionate about and I'm super grateful for uh, to live, to design my life, not for my life to be designed by a job.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I, I feel that like because I I've literally uh, only a few months ago um, got an, yeah, yeah, an opportunity there to go back into the, the construction space and it was like... A really well-paying job, and then I was just like, "Yeah, I, I did that that weighing up of okay, is it worth it?" And then, after having a, a, a speak with Sky, it's like we want to travel around Australia in a bus. Like we, ca- I can't be in a job where I'm doing, you know, a nine to five or six days a week on a construction site, even though it's good money. Like I wouldn't be here for Oki every single day. I wouldn't be able to travel at all. And what's that for? So I can save up to get a mortgage so that I have to stay in a job to pay that off for the rest of my life? I, I don't know. So, like, that was, yeah, that that brought up a lot for me because I've made the decision, you know what, I'm going to keep going with what I'm doing now and, and it's starting to come to fruition that I'm, I'm going to be on a way better wicket than what that construction job was and I'm going to be travelling around with Sky and Oki doing exactly what we said we were going to do anyway. So... It's a, it's a pretty cool thing to, you know, make that hard decision or it feels hard at the time and then to see see the see the benefit at the other, other side of that, hey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just say to that, um, that's because you know who you are and who you want to be. And when you know that really clearly, not just know it and like think it, but you know it really clearly. So that's how you're able to make that decision. But I just want to say on top of that, for everyone listening, uh, you know, we're not saying that that's the only option. And, you know, just remember there's zero judgment if you're not in that space and if you are working away from your family, but you don't want to. And I certainly work with a hell of a lot of business owners where I'm not saying, Hey, you know what, just, just get out, just live like I live and just travel the world and do whatever you want. Like, um, you know, just, just say no to all this business. No way. Because what, what I want isn't what other people want. Yeah. And it's not even what I would recommend. You know, I have a Swedish wife. That's why we're living in Sweden and traveling the world and we're about to move to Spain for a few months. And that's why we created those visions five years ago or six years ago, living in a small two-bedroom apartment in Sydney while I was working that job and working after hours for the Sydney Swans and on the weekends and things like that with this vision in mind that we're going to be able to travel the world and live wherever we want with no employers. But that, that's because that's what works for us. But in line with that, our work has to impact, significantly impact people's lives. So that's why we're both performance coaches as well. So, you know, back to, to people, but people might be listening to this and either have the, the thought of, Fuck, I really don't want to be doing what I'm doing. I do actually want to be doing, you know, spending more time with my family, but I can't see a way out. Just know that, think about it in this way. What if you had a clean slate and you could actually design the life that you wanted to live and there wasn't any limitations? What would that look like? And then from that space, that's what we did five, six years ago on a whiteboard, both employed, both with this vision, both limitless. You know, the numbers that we put on the board of the money we wanted to earn was like, holy shit. That's so much more than what we're earning right now. And now we're stepping into that. And we're living living our visions. We often pinch ourselves and just say, do you remember? Do you remember writing this on the whiteboard? <laughs> or do you remember three years ago when we when we said this is what we want to be doing? Do you remember? Do you remember? And so we consistently do our visions and live from that space because we know that once we create clarity of what we want, we design our lives around that. But at the same time, I'm working with guys who, you know, like I said, uh, or people that have that business, have those jobs, have those careers and they want to stay in them or they don't, but they don't have the opportunity. But well, what I would say is Um, don't be limited by the should'ves could'ves and would'ves don't be limited by what's happening right now and, and thinking that that's what has to happen forever just know that the only limitations we put on ourselves as humans sorry the only limitations we experience as humans are the ones that we put in ourselves and that's what i mean about once you understand yourself at a deeper level then you start to navigate life from that perspective and really create clarity that you didn't even know existed and that's what i love working with people when they commit their time and then they just say holy shit i didn't know business could be like this i didn't know my relationship with my wife could be rekindled like this i didn't know uh, i could spend this much quality time with my kids and run my businesses in this way i just didn't know it it's like yeah that's because you were just clouded with all of the busyness and that's okay but let's take away those clouds let's create a bit of clarity and then you design everything around that with that in mind and that's when you start to truly live the life that you desire that's what i hear from you mate where you you know you've lived that life fifo you have an opportunity to go back to a job and you're choosing not to because i also hear you say that and i want people to think about money in a different way too and i was always time for money time for money work harder Coach more, massage more, means more money. And I earned more money by working more. But over the last couple of years, I've redesigned my money story and realized, oh, actually, I don't have to work hard and work more for money. Money is a byproduct of me living in alignment with my core values, with my personal philosophy. Money is a byproduct of me significantly impacting and changing people's lives. So the more that I, or not the more, but the, the deeper that I significantly impact and change people's lives, the more money that will come as a byproduct. So money is just energy; it's just the the return of me impacting and changing people's lives. So I just keep every time I get you know opportunities and thinking, is this impacting and changing people's lives? Yes. Okay. Cool. Done.
0: Perfect.
1: But I was a you know grew up in a mining industry, worked hard for money all the time. Thought the only way that I could earn money, but you know, I went off to be a poor track and field athlete and then did so much of you know traveling the world as a therapist for years a lot of that was um it was unpaid work for a long time and so i'd never earned much money at all but i always used to say oh i'm rich in love i'm rich in adventure i'm rich in um happiness and that was my way of sort of pushing it aside and i always thought oh, if i need to make more money i'll just go back and work in the mines no brainer i know yeah. i can do that and it wasn't until i started working with a performance coach how this conversation started and he picked up on that and he said hang on what's that and we explored that and he made me realize that subconsciously I've been telling myself this story that you won't make much money as a performance coach and that's okay because you can always go back to mining and earn more money that was my subconscious belief that I didn't even know was there and once I became aware of that I had to do the work and it took a couple of years of of the work and different um, affirmations and everything for me to really believe it. And it's only over the last couple of years and the last this year, particularly where I'm earning way more money than I could have earned in the work that I would have done in the mines. I'm with my family every single day and for hours and hours, every day, the way that I've set myself up. And I'm impacting and changing people's lives at a deeper level than I ever have before. So it's just this beautiful thing, and you know, it's not even about the money; it's about the um, the the exchange where that money comes from,
0: yeah. and the
1: why behind it, and the purpose, and then the redistribution of where that's going. In terms, you know, when I sink into wisdom, and you realize that uh, those who create wealth from impacting and changing people's lives. And this doesn't have to be through coaching. This is, I help, I've got clients who own plumbing businesses, who are impacting and changing people's lives significantly. And when we reestablish that, why for them, their businesses skyrocket because all of a sudden their apprentices, you know, they're the time that these business owners are putting into their apprentices. And I say to them, let's make it, I want your clients to want to ring you to get the cat out of the tree. That's how much they trust you. And that's how much they respect you because of who you are as genuine people when you show up to a job. And so you bring that attitude in and that culture through a whole plumbing business or a whole construction business, and you watch everything light up. And the, you know, you watch money fall out of the trees for them. Or, you know, I shouldn't put it like that. You watch their <laughs> bank accounts grow because they get more work from that perspective. Because they're significantly impacting and changing people's lives in those small kind of ways and they're doing a bloody good job while they're at it.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. I love that, Bretto. That, that's absolutely amazing and it's such a good way to, you know, look at life and exactly what you're doing every single day and that all comes back to your core values, doesn't it? So, um I, I am quite conscious of time and I, I know you've got some you've got a call coming up and whatnot, so we'll we'll begin to wrap this up a little bit but just before um we, we we get to the end of this and wrap this up give give the listeners a bit of a rundown on what's coming up for you because i know you've got a few uh coaching programs that are just starting and i i am gonna actually release this episode in the next day or two so i know you've got a female one coming up next week i i, I heard you saying before
1: yeah yep. Yeah, i'll give a wrap up to that and then um I'm happy to go over time a little bit because I do want to share a little bit of a personal story that I know will will help um, people put things into perspective if you don't mind. But yeah, absolutely. yes, the the women's women's only program is called Up Level. Put yourself first to take your health, wealth and relationships to the next level. So that's uh, I've got special guests joining me, women. Um, experts in different areas of women's health and uh, even menstrual cycles to understand our, uh, our emotions, our training, our eating habits around the menstrual cycles, uh, other health nutrition, female experts, and also um, deep state repatterning experts as well. Uh, so that's an eight week program. And, and that came about because I run men's only programs, online and a lot of the ladies in my the legendary ladies in my community said robo we're seeing you do this for the men can you put (laughs) something together for the for us ladies as well so i've done that and i know it'll be awesome because of the experts that i've got involved but also because of the commitment from the people who will join so that's kicking off uh next monday the people might be listening to this later but you can always jump onto the website and and have a look at that so yeah i forward slash up level because that will happen again at different times thank you yeah i'll chuck all those and then the, the men's shows. only program the men's only program is called breakthrough program and i'll be running that a few times uh throughout each year and this is the one where when the guys finally overcome that bullshit story of not having the time and they commit the time to it they get literally like some of the comments i get is holy shit my my business is skyrocketing my relationship with my wife is better than it's ever been i've got more quality time with my kids have got more energy to do my hobbies you know everything in alignment with that so we're really working on um it's for for busy business owners and leaders who want to smash their goals and live their visions without the stress and burnout so that's the the breakthrough program there and uh the next one of those kicking off 18th of october but we'll be on a few times again throughout 2022 and you can find all that on the website and through the, the show notes that you're going to link into that. So thank you, mate.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. Um, all right, bef- before you get in, you might even be able to wrap your personal story around this because I normally end my podcasts on, on a bit of a question for, for all of the guests. So we'll see if you can wrap this into it, but I'll get you to answer this first and then see how you go. So just for a moment, like thinking about throughout all of your life experience, what is... One piece of advice that you could leave for the listeners, whether that is going to help them improve their health, their wealth, or their relationships, or a combination of the three.
1: I interviewed Michael Gervais, who's one of the world's best sports psychologists, and I asked him for his best piece of advice. And what he said was, I don't like to give advice. And he's one of the world's best sports psychologists, psychologist saying, I don't like to give advice. So I was really in a tune with that. And when I get that kind of question, I think, okay, I'm not going to give advice. I'm going to share a belief. And I've already mentioned it throughout this, but I believe that when you know yourself at a deeper level and you do that work, and then you navigate that life from that perspective, you will make improvements and huge enhancements in your health, wealth, and relationships, because we, when you understand that your thoughts, your feelings, and behaviors are all linked, and how much control you have over your mind through what you listen to, what you watch on TV, uh, who you surround yourself with, and how you form your belief systems, when you understand all of these processes, and you navigate life from that perspective, and you make the required changes... That you know the health, wealth, and relationships—it's not this big thing that we have to try and improve or find or create. It just becomes a way of being. And until you've experienced that, it's kind of might be a little bit um, unfathomable. But let me just say that if you're a human being, you have access to to all of that. So, in a small capacity, in answer to that question, I would say uh, explore yourself more find out what it is that you can learn from a coach, from a mentor, from a program, from a a book, from, from a resource and just keep diving into that because it's endless, but it's also limitless, which is, which is awesome. So that's what I would finish on, but I do want to take a few minutes now just to share my story. If you don't mind. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thank you. The more Bredo, the better. (laughs) I did quickly message my next call uh, to say that I will be a bit late too, by the way. So I'm okay going over. I, I can speak about that, not just because I'm a coach in that space, but from experience, you know, I told you that I grew up in Cobar in a small country town in Western New South Wales. And my grandfather was my, my coach. He, he became my best friend. He was my idol, my mentor, he was healthy and, you know, we used to train together and uh, he and my grandmother were madly in love, happily married for 53 years. My grand, my parents split up when I was three. They always stayed good friends, but I didn't see love between them. So I learned love and respect from my grandparents and they would cuddle and kiss each other and dancing and kissing each other on the neck and, you know, whispering sweet nothings into each other's ears. They were, they were just beautiful examples of love. Uh, and they were both my best friends. We would, you know, we'd travel together. We'd do the city to surf together we'd train together with my grandfather um we'd laugh together as we got a bit older we'd party together a bit as well it was they were just amazing human beings and really good community members and really good business people they they created so many businesses they were entrepreneurs without probably putting that word to it ever in their lifetime Um, you, you know in a small country town they were very very well respected community people and unfortunately in 2014 in december not long before christmas they were murdered in their own home uh, by their own son so my uncle and you know as you could imagine that just it, it it pulled that optimistic lover of life rug out from underneath me and made me realize that holy shit life is unpredictable it took me on an emotional roller coaster that i didn't ever know could exist and allowed me to experience deep dark places that i'd never experienced before and it was it was tough it was really really emotionally and just physically heart-wrenchingly tough as well and you know, it impacted the whole community. There was over two, almost two and a half thousand people at their funeral in a town of five, five and a half thousand people, and because they were massive community members, and you know, I it, it impacted my mum more because she saw them every day and she lived there. I was living, you know, I was coaching, and traveling the world with athletes, and living in Sydney, and had been through the AOS period that I told you guys about. But a couple of months later. when I finally decided to go back to work and coaching my athletes, you know, I was there, I was there, but I wasn't there. I was there physically, but I wasn't there mentally and emotionally. And I did some work with a psychologist who I really trusted. I had, you know, I was working with the Sydney Swans. They offered psychology. I was working with athletics Australia and at the AAS. And I only took one psychologist on because she'd worked with my athletes and I developed a bit of a rapport and trust for her but I remember sitting in the office and she knew about the whole story. And she said, I was telling her about it again and how I'd lost my best friends and my mentors. And, you know, I'd never lost anyone close to me before. And, and she said, "Robo, it sounds like part of your life has ended. And I said, oh, shit, it feels that way. You know, I, it, it literally feels that way. And I've never lost anyone close to me before like th- this is just something i don't even know what to think and how to experience this and this darkness and and you know i had a lot of anger and resentment as you can imagine towards my uncle and and just confusion and sadness and disappointment all of this heart-wrenching emotion and and i'm sitting there crying and she said you know robo you're going to become more of a whole person after going through this experience And I remember sitting there with my head in my hands and just tears rolling down my face. And I thought about what she'd said. And I slowly looked up and I had this big smile on my face, tears rolling down my face. And I said, Kate, that is the best thing that you could have ever said to me. Because every day, all I think about is being a bit better version of myself. So I can help my athletes and my friends and my family and people around me be a better version of themselves. So if I have to think about this situation, this most fucked up, heart-wrenching situation, if I have to think about it in that way, that allows me to be a better version of myself and be a stronger version, then that's exactly how I'm going to think about it. And that was a mindset shift for me. It was a turning point where I started to look at things differently it didn't change the situation and it wasn't like all of a sudden I was my happy, optimistic self all of the time again, but it allowed me to to look at things differently and realize, okay, so I, I am going to be a better version of myself because of this situation. If I let it be, it started to turn me from victim mentality into the victor of my circumstances. It started to take me from anger and frustration and resentment back across to gratitude, I started to sink back into how grateful I was for those relationships with my grandparents, how grateful I was that I could see things differently, how grateful I was for the love and respect and the, the, you know, the, everything that they had taught me and I sunk into that more. And, and that allowed me to really see things differently. And, you know, I had a couple of sessions with Kate and one day it hit me and I realized, oh, hang on, she's using some techniques with me in these sessions. I'm a coach. I understand philosophies and techniques. Mm. I wonder what they are. So I called her up and I said that to her. I said, Kate, I've just realized you're obviously using some techniques with me. What are they called? And she said, it's, it's called, she laughed. And she said, it's called acceptance and commitment therapy. And I said, right, who wrote the books? What are the courses? How do I learn more about it? And she, she laughed again. She said, yeah, okay, I think you're ready. So start with Dr. Russ Harris. He wrote a book called The Happiness Trap and and learned about this acceptance and commitment therapy. So I did that. I I downloaded the book and read it and thought, I got really excited and thought, you beauty, you know, I'm going to learn here. This is going to be awesome. And it took me on that emotional roller coaster again. The acceptance and commitment therapy aspect is it wasn't an easy ride. Um, but I went on that ride and, and it taught me a lot and that just put me on that trajectory. I ended up doing Russ's courses. I learned that. I studied more around neurolinguistic programming, human behavior, uh, lots of neuroscience aspects and, and emotional intelligence courses and you know breath work and emotional intelligence together and different things like that. And that's why by the end by 2017, so my grandparents were murdered in the end of 2014, I went on this journey. And I started to really see things differently, understand my passion and purpose differently and see the human experience differently and, and want to help other, everyone, not, I shouldn't say everyone, but more humans other than just athletes and understanding the power of the mind. And that's why I went down that journey. So, you know, I I still anchor into that every day and I find my grandparents with me every day in different ways where I see, you you can see that window behind me there's two trees out there i've never told anyone this there's two trees out there that i look at every day that i anchor into with my hand on my heart and it's my grandparents and i'm the words that i use is that i'm enhancing and optimizing their legacy every day they were huge community members so it means a lot to me to contribute to community and make that significant impact in people's lives love and respect you know part of my personal philosophy that I shared with you is every day is an opportunity to love deeply. And so love, I, I start with love. Love is everything I lead with love and I come back to love and it comes from that. So I, I I went out to, you know, you hear people say I'm going to live their legacy. I'm going to live this person's legacy. I went out to live their legacy. And at that time I had a different coach as well. And I told my coach that, and he said, Robo, I challenge you to not live that legacy. I challenge you to enhance and optimize their legacy and live your own legacy. And that really like, that hit me. I so said, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That allows me to live my life, my visions, my values, my purpose, and at the same time, enhancing and optimizing my grandparents' legacy. So I'm ensuring that I'm living my life. So that helps me accumulate all of my why's, in alignment with, you know, our visions and why we're doing what we're doing. And I just wanted to share that with everyone because it's hard for me to talk about, but it's also important for me to talk about because I know that people, everyone listening has, you know, one thing that I've learned is that it doesn't matter what happens. Sorry. It matters. It's not about what happens in our life. It's how we choose to respond. Yeah. It's in that choice that every every single person has that, it elevates us and helps us it helps us or it hinders us and i can say that from you know my family who haven't been through the same journey some of my family members are still suffering i haven't suffered for a long time i've experienced the sadness but i haven't suffered for years but i've got family members who still suffer because they haven't done the work and changed their perspective it's not about what happens to us it's how we choose to respond i've worked with paralympic athletes who have lost both of their limbs and become, you know, amputees or paralyzed and completely switched their lives. And you talk to them now and they say, I don't think I would reverse what happened to me because my life is better now. And that's because they utilize their adversity to their advantage. It's not about what happens to us. It's how we choose to respond. You can look at that in terms of business failures, relationship, breakups, loss of loved ones, Injuries, whatever it might be, it's not about what happens to us. It's how we choose to respond. And that's how I know, in answer to your question that you just asked there to wrap up, I would challenge people to explore the depths of who they are at that deeper level and navigate life from that perspective. Our mind is absolutely limitless, but it's also the only limit that we put on ourselves. I know that through experience with myself, with everyone that I've worked with, from Paralympic athletes to busy business people and business leaders um to to just seeing life from that perspective
0: wow beto like I, I, I don't know what what else to say other than thank you so much for sharing that because yeah that just that just really hit home for me and i'm so grateful to have come into contact with you and and being able to go through a coaching journey with you and what you're doing is absolutely amazing so any of uh, the listeners that have resonated with anything that Bredo has said, like I'm, I'm sure that they all have, um, you, you guys can all touch base with him in, in the links beneath uh, the, the show notes in here. Um, and if, if you want to tell people how they can contact you through social medias or anything, you, you can leave that here at the end, Bredo. Thank you, thank you very much for that. I'm super
1: grateful for your time. Yeah. Uh, Brett Robbo.com is my website and you can find everything there and at Brett Robbo coach on Instagram and Facebook, Brett Robo, Robbo, R O B B O coach. Uh, and I'm going to finish the same way that I started in the same way that you just finished too. And that's with gratitude. And also now because everyone knows that I'm addicted to it, but extremely grateful for, for you uh, allowing me to to share a bit of value on here and share my story, mate. And just want to credit you all of the listeners who who either listen to you or know you would know that you're a very passionate driven bloke and it was an absolute honor to um to work with you as a coach and and see you make those little micro changes that have a big impact because i see you now stepping into fatherhood and and you know i've got a two and a half year old and a seven month old and so i'm brand new to it and i know you're only a month into it at the time of this recording (laughs) and it just warms my heart to see you make that decision around um, operating from love first. I see, you know, that choice that you made earlier it was, I heard love you, you made it from love and, uh, and it's, it's really beautiful to see. So, so I would say, you know, to you just keep shining your abundant love light to the world, my man, it's, it's awesome.
0: Thank you very much, Fredo. You're an absolute legend. Talk soon, man.
1: Thanks champion. Super grateful. Thanks guys for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the Break Plateaus Show. If you like this
1: episode, leave us a five star review. Connect with us on Instagram at Break.plateaus. And as always, head over to BreakPlateaus.com and get the show notes and more free resources.